Hello and welcome to Haunted Hometowns, your weekly true crime paranormal podcast with me, Blake Lambert Hack. It is the season premiere of season six. I cannot believe we've made it to season six. Thank you for everyone who listens. Thank you for everyone who had Haunted Hometowns on their Spotify wrap up in their top five. It was really great to see. So I really appreciate it. As always, for the first episode, I have a special guest. He created the theme song you just listened to. You've heard him on previous seasons. It is the one and only Tyre. You're right. Where's the? We need the trumpets. I should have. Hold on. Yeah. Let me grab the trumpets. I let's do this again. The fanfare. The fanfare. Yeah, the most annoying person to ever grace your podcast is back. I don't know if that's true, but... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, say their names! Say their names! How have you been? It's been a minute since, you know, we've talked about ghosts. Yeah, when was... I feel like I kept messaging you like, oh, I have a ghost thing to tell you, and you'd be like, save it. Yeah. Now I can't remember how much I was supposed to (laughs) spill right now, but I've been good. That makes it sound like sound like I've been haunted. Um, (laughs) And you know what? Maybe you have been. (laughs) And perhaps I have been. Perhaps I'm possessed at this very moment. (laughs) We'll save that story for the end. So, (laughs) okay. But six episodes. We started with a theater fire in Chicago. We went to. Um, what was next? Uh, Savannah, the pirate house. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, and then wait, Salem. I've done six episodes with this you. This is the sixth episode. Isn't that crazy? Ah, wait. And then okay, so then Salem is the fourth. Yeah, the third. That was that uh, woman who was hanged for her <gasps> yeah. child. And oh then the Davy Jones ship situation i've really done we've yes you have literally given me quite an education and then uh venice italy yeah venice the the most recent ghost house yeah the artist which one is my favorite i feel like the iroquois theater Mm. is pretty strong it was that's a intense (laughs) but i also really enjoyed uh kind of all of last season too like i just like we like a European little a, a jaunt. We like a little, a leg, a boot. A boot. A Sicilian boot. <laughs> well, this season we are staying in Europe. So okay. I'm excited to get into this season because it is a city that I feel like, well, yes, everyone knows about. Uh, mm. Kind of popular because of some movies. But not many people have visited or know the history of. And so... Okay. If I say the movie, could you tell me the city? 
Oh, Lord. Um, I can try. Harry Potter. Oh, the movie? Wait, where does that take place? London, England? I mean, the movie does take place in uh, all over, but yeah, London. But okay. it's based off of where, like, I'm not even going to say her name because we don't respect her here. But she lived <laughs> in Edinburgh, Scotland. Okay. And so a lot of the inspiration for that movie comes from Edinburgh. Edinburgh! Okay, wait. So, okay. So then, does that, is that, like, the exact... Is it is the region more exact, or are we getting just like general? Because this could go back medieval. Oh yeah, which could get very interesting. Could get very very tasty. Oh yeah, they're using so, bread yeah. as plates. <laughs> An entire season focused on Edinburgh ghosts and hauntings and paranormal and true crime, and you're right. It is a very old city and has yes. a lot of history with it. And tonight's episode is taking us back to the 1500s, like 1500s to 1700s type situation. I love it. And it was hard for me getting into this because I've never visited. And so it's hard to picture a city you haven't been in, you know, especially when it's not an American city because... Most American cities are the same. They're just bigger or smaller. Um, Blake, we've seen Harry Potter. We know what that's about. <laughs> You're right. We have watched bricks open up <laughs> to create a wall, mm-hmm. a doorway. I've seen um, it all. I know exactly that... what Edinburgh is about. <laughs> well, tonight's episode, we are going to cover the Mary King's Close and I will tell you what a close is in a second because we don't really have them here in the United States. I mean, kind of, but okay. this area that we're going to be co- talking about is actually underground to, as of today. However, uh-huh. it was not underground as of 1500s or earlier. Oh my God, Lost City. An underground city, basically. Not a city, yes! like a underground a neighborhood of a town type situation, but even more spooky. Okay. It's called Mary King's close. And for those who don't know, a close is a narrow passage leading from a major street. So kind of for us, it's an alleyway, but it's more specific than an alleyway. It back then it was, you would, you know, you're walking down the main street and then you, jet off into these smaller alleyways but that's where people lived off the Mm -hmm. alleyways okay so for us alleyways are just kind of like places you put trash and (laughs) kind of just like unfortunately shitty walkways to get from one street to another but Mm -hmm. for a close it's how you got to the entrances of houses okay if that makes sense it's a little um it's a little creepy to me but also I'll take it. <laughs> also for these closes specifically in Edinburgh, they're very skinny. Like two people can't really walk side by side. No. Them. I I knew it. I knew it was going to be like small and kind of yes. gross and you no. The two people can't fit through it then it's not we're not doing that. Yeah. We're not doing it. <laughs> I mean and I don't want to say all closes are like this, but a majority of them are very narrow. 
they go up they're like uh really tall buildings on either side so when you look okay. up it's just like a sliver of sky you know above yeah i don't care all closes are trash to me <laughs> from this description yeah it's over well you can look at a couple of the photos i sent you it'll give a kind of um good idea and of course these photos will be posted on social media so whoever's listening can take a look but i get to see them first but you get to see them first okay wait so where am i oh my god it really is like um i just walked onto the hogwarts campus yeah okay so mary king's close was around seven to eight stories tall on either Mm -hmm. side however closes could reach up to like 14 stories tall like they really were the like beginnings of skyscrapers Okay. It's kind of whimsical looking. It also just seems like there could be some crime and shady dealings going on. Oh, of course. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Especially, you know, we're talking about the 1600s around Mm -hmm. and there's no electricity. So it was pitch black. And then, so the only light you got was from the sun. And again, you're only getting a sliver of sky. So it was relatively yeah. dark all yeah, the yeah, time yeah. in these closes. I'm, I'm seeing rats. I'm, <laughs> it's giving rats and roaches and, and slugs and crime. Ew, rats and roaches. I really can't. Rats and roaches. They're overdosed. Okay. Um, so yeah, I spent, Yesterday, I literally spent hours watching this guy's videos, and he goes down all of the closes off the Royal Mile in Edinburgh. And so you can see. So some of them, and this was like a couple years ago, but some of them lead to courtyards. Mm, Some of them take you to another street that runs parallel. Some of them are just straight up dead ends. Like you don't really know when you go down these closes there's no sign that says dead end you know right you start Ah, that's so creepy wait so then are are you saying like the neighborhood that we're talking about is off of a close so the neighborhood or or whatever the neighborhood in edinburgh is called old town and Mm -hmm. it's the original part of edinburgh okay so we'll get into kind of a little bit of history of it but the castle sits on top of a hill And the palace that the king and queen lived in are at the bottom of the hill. And so the road that runs from the castle to the palace is called the Royal Mile. Okay. And all the closes run off of the Royal Mile. If that makes sense. Oh, okay. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. So Mary King's close is one of the closes that are closer to the castle. And so it's on a steeper incline you know mm-hmm. and we'll just be talking about that specific close okay within old town shout out to this close <laughs> this one's for you this one's for you pour one out for mary king's close okay so mary king's close is known as one of the most haunted areas in the world mm. dating back to the 1600s so many have lived and died in this area. That place is super haunted. Yeah. Whether it's on the close specifically or on either side or the other closes nearby or on the Royal Mile, 
whatever the case may be, there's a lot of people who have lived and died in that area. Mm-hmm. So, as I was mentioning, there's the Edinburgh Castle on top of the hill. Edinburgh grew as a city from the castle, which I will be covering the Edinburgh Castle later on in the season because that is, of course, haunted. A as whole well. other, th- yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole other haunted vortex. We'll we'll go there eventually. A hundred percent. The castle sits on a volcanic plug, with, and a plug is like a mound that's been hardened by volcanic magma. hey The rock is called Castle Rock. Oh, that's cute. Okay. And then Edinburgh Castle sits on top of Castle Rock. Very it cute. makes me think of Game of Thrones, because there's that castle in Game of Thrones called Castle Rock. And I think... <laughs> It's probably named after this. <laughs> That's, they could have done a little bit. They could have done a little deeper <laughs> digging into, oh, come on. <laughs> Castle D Rock. Uh, yeah. Edinburgh Castle sits on top of Castle Rock, and it sits 443 feet above sea level. Okay. So it's up there. Obviously, the closer to the castle, the steeper the streets are. So it's a lot of stairs specifically in those closes you get oh a my lot God. of stairs stairs yeah. outside <laughs> yeah uh. cobblestone streeting so don't wear your heels out and about because you will break an ankle but it's not easy to walk i'm i'm from chicago where everything is flat stairs outside <laughs> is really really pushing it surrounding the castle and creating the city limits hundreds of years ago was the king's wall. So they built a wall around the castle, obviously, for defense. And in the 16th century, they extended the wall, creating the Floden Wall. And in Mm -hmm. the 17th century, they saw another extension, and they called that the Telfer Wall. But essentially... A Telfer Wall. A Telfer Wall. (laughs) (laughs) But basically, it's just outlining the Edinburgh limit of the city back in the okay. day. Okay. Okay. Today, Edinburgh is the capital of Scotland. Is that right? Whoa, did I make that up? <laughs> I don't know. Siri, save us. Save us. It's that or Glasgow, and I can't remember. Glasgow's the largest. I think Edinburgh is the capital. <laughs> this is embarrassing. <laughs> oh, oh, it has been the capital of Scotland since 1437. Mm. So... So you just knew that. You had that in the bank ready to go. (laughs) (laughs) I was right. Okay, yeah. So Edinburgh was the largest at one point. Obviously, today it is now Glasgow being the largest city. Though they're not very far away from each other. But anyway, because of these walls, when Edinburgh began to expand in population, they were forced to build houses on top of houses instead of going outside of the walls. Mm. Again, we're talking about, you know, 1500s, 1600s, so on and so forth. Everything fell within these walls, mainly because of defenses and afraid of war. And so you didn't want to be outside the walls, right? You want to be inside the walls for protection. Right. And they didn't have anywhere to go to house these people, and they wanted everyone to have housing so instead of, you know, expanding the wall or going outside the wall, they just, they just stacked them bitches up. Stacked. And that's how we got housing being, you know, 
anywhere up to 14 stories tall. Mm, okay. Same thing they did at Roosevelt University. <laughs> they said, we can't expand into the lake. So we'll just stack the students on top of each other. And it worked. Skyscrapers. That's how we got. <laughs> Look, Edinburgh was the beginning of skyscrapers. Chicago actually started the first skyscraper. So it's all. It's really a mashup, a uh, toss up. But also, I'm wondering how the money is to like, like, did they have the money to be building on top of things like that? <laughs> like, I were mean, they making efficient buildings out of these and, and sturdy buildings? I'm going to say yes, because they're still standing today. So okay. I'm going to say they are very sturdy. Absolutely. Um, right, Edinburgh. The most sanitary? No. The <laughs> most spacious? No. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> but the housing is still up today. So the, good the brick and mortar. And, puffed and it never <laughs> fell down. We're good. Exactly. All of this to say... <laughs> this is how we get Mary King's close and other closes in Edinburgh. So in one of the photos I sent you, it's kind of like a mock-up of what the town looked like back in the day. Cute. This little, <laughs> this little like, uh, stacked up mobile, or not mobile, what's the word? Um, when you make a little shoebox project. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Diorama. <laughs> right. So now the streets are cobblestone. I don't know if they were necessarily at that point or if it was more just like dirt roading mm -hmm. i think they probably had some kind of cobblestoning but the main issue on mary king's close at this point mary king's close was the second most lived on street i believe or the most okay. lived on close it was very popular for people who owned businesses as well so the royal mile had all the businesses and there were a couple you know a few down the closes as well but Mary King's Close had the second most populated close hmm. out of the closes in off the Royal Mile. And so in the 17th century, a big issue became sanitation. Of course. The Floden Wall that surrounds Edinburgh at this time was around 140 acres within the wall. 140 acres within the wall. Okay. That's a big old okay. It's That's a decently, nice area. <laughs> decently sized. However, if we look at uh, the closest thing I could really get to the I don't I couldn't find anything similar to that acreage except for we generally know what Central Park looks like. Mm -hmm. And Central Park is 842 acres. Oh my gosh. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. Well, so 140 acres. And people are living on top of each other? Right. Okay, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it just, you weren't thinking. No, and a good, ch and a chunk of that space is that, you know, Castle Rock with the castle on top of it. People right. You know, also there was a, a, uh, I guess today we would kind of call it a retention pond maybe, but like a lock mm. that was on the northern side of the castle. Okay. And so that also took up a decent amount of space. So 140 acres seems large, but in 1560, the population within the wall was 10,000 people. Oh my God. <laughs> and That's by too much. 
it's too much. <laughs> and by 1755, which was the first national census, Edinburgh had 57,000 people living in the city. So within like 200 years, it grew 47,000 people. <laughs> I just want to find the city planner. I just want to have a conversation. And it's just a bonk over the head. Right. So in the 1600s, it's, you know, we don't really have solid numbers, but anywhere from like 10,000 to probably like 20,000. Mm-hmm. It's That's... crazy. <laughs> it's too many people in a small area, which causes many issues. As you were talking about earlier. Rats, rugs, and roaches. I mean, rugs. Rats. Slugs. <laughs> <laughs> rats, slugs, roaches, theft, murder. Mm-hmm. Assault, disease, oh my fires, God. and they literally they were like, "Oh well, let's lay, let's stay inside these walls because it's so safe in here." Yeah, <laughs> they're literally like just living on top of each other, like stealing from each other every thirty seconds, probably. Yeah. No, I get it's it's a lot to think about. It's a lot to handle. I mean, I get it as people who live in cities, large cities. Yeah. I prefer to live in a city than out on a farm. But it's probably, it's a, I don't want to call it safer. It's a different kind of safe. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I guess you know that whoever robbed you of your purse is going to probably still be in the town limits. (laughs) Right. You could could get the crime solved eventually. Right. It's just (laughs) a lot. And sanitation was a huge issue at that time because, again, no electricity, mm-hmm. no plumbing, no, yeah. you know, a it's lot just, of... It's giving... Uh, I don't know. You've never really watched Adventure Time, but there is, like, an episode earlier in the season where they have, like... Uh, <laughs> they have to go and get this thing from this city of thieves... And while they're in there, they're literally just, like, being passed around from thief to thief. Like, just trying to, like, maintain their sanity and get this object, uh, like, this objective completed. Yeah. (laughs) And they literally are just being, like, manhandled and tossed around in the city of thieves. That's pretty much what it's giving. giving, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so sanitation was a huge issue because no electricity, no running water, no bathrooms inside or out. So, this is where the term Gardaloo comes in. I don't know mm. if you've ever heard of Gardaloo. Never did. Please ex- please enlighten us. Okay. So, uh, uh, again, houses on st- stacked on top of houses. Families were living in very small rooms. <laughs> Livestock roamed free in the city. Yeah. Sometimes they lived in the rooms with the people. <laughs> That's just my hog. Yeah, you can move the hog over. Come on in. (laughs) Poor people lived on ground level, while the wealthy lived on the top floors. And sometimes they owned more than one floor of the house. Right. If you had money, you sometimes owned a cellar as well, which was a huge get. Ooh. Gardaloo, the word... Gardaloo came from the French phrase. 
I should have looked this up before, and I hate <laughs> speaking French. <laughs> Pons garde à lui. That's the best I got. Pons sorry, French people. I'm not sorry. I, I did it great. It's Prongardelu. And that's how it's pronounced. We're moving on. I really meant to look that up. Um, <laughs> anyway, it was for the English speakers. It was shortened to Gardelu. And it the word meant beware of the water. In French, oh. that's what that phrase means. Beware of the wa- water. Mm-hmm. In Edinburgh, Gardelu. It was not water. Residents were given a specific time of day to dispose of their urine and waste. In 1749, they passed a Nastiness Act. (laughs) Ooh, that's a great song title. Nastiness Act. The Nastiness Act. So that act said that you could only dispose of your urine and waste between 10 p.m. and 7 a.m. So before 1749, people were just disposing it all day long, whenever they wanted to. And again, there's no (laughs) bathrooms, so you're peeing and shitting on a bucket. We're just going to be frank here. It's a bucket. And the idea was you just tossed your bucket out the window. Out the window? If you were up higher out the window if you're on the ground floor out your door and it just landed on the street and because you're on a hill it would just you know run down the to the bottom of the hill mm-hmm. type situation so gardalu <laughs> beware, beware the, water. the water you had to shout gardalu before you tossed it out on the street Ooh, i, I remember like that, though how skinny those streets are. I say street, but remember, it's a close. So, so, and again, on Mary's close, it was only seven to eight stories, but other closes, it was up to 14 story tall buildings. Uh Uh-huh. So when you were ready to dispose of the waste, residents just tossed the bucket out on the street. No, 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 no. People on the 14th floor didn't walk down to dump their waste you know it was right out the window and splashback could reach the second floor of the building the way i would lose my mind if i was just sitting on my little in my second floor (laughs) on my little couch and somebody's poo water splashed (laughs) into my window no 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 somebody has to fix this so that is not allowed (laughs) You had to yell Gardaloo. So, so if someone was walking by and they heard Gardaloo, they could respond with hold you hand. And hopefully the person tossing would pause to let the passerby take cover before they toss the bucket. It's a culture. So Gardaloo. <laughs> and they'd say, hold your hand. <laughs> The Brits are way... They're putting up with too much. I'm sorry. The Scots. Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The Scots. You're (laughs) putting up with too much. (laughs) It's too much, right? Though I think nowadays Scotland is part of Britain. 
I won't speak to that. <laughs> I'm going to leave you alone on this ledge. Ooh, I Goodbye. You're going to hate me. I think it, <laughs> it's England, Scotland, and Northern Ireland are all part of the UK. I think Scotland and England are part of, are considered Britain. The, and then. Would you yeah. explain Brexit as well? <laughs> and after that, would you explain how taxes um, and credit scores work? I also am curious of how to uh, balance a checkbook. I will tell you one thing about healthcare in the UK uh-huh, uh-huh. versus America. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Let's no, not I even get, get into, into that. any of that. No. <laughs> Though I do. We can't go there. Are you hearing us, Jojo Kiki in the White House? <laughs> yeah. Um. So, yeah, it's gross. Sanitation mm-hmm. is not great. The act in 1749 said you you could only dump it from 10 p.m. to 7 a.m. So if you shat at 8 a.m., it it's was just in sitting house. in your house until 10 p.m. <laughs> like it was like you better hold that in or something because that would not fly with me. This is the worst, the worst city planning. I just I would love to speak with whoever it was. It just there has to be a better way. Is, is your life actually better at that point? <laughs> you have to wonder. You have to sit and you have to you have to sit with yourself and you sit with a nice book and you get <laughs> a warm mug um, and hope that nobody's poo water splashes onto you while you sit and think, is this the best life that I could be living Right on Mary King's Close? Is right. this for me? Isn't that crazy? Is this sparking joy? Is this sparking joy? Is this sparking joy? And also, remember, it's on a hill. So the people at the bottom of the hill are poor. People at the top of the hill are richer. People at the ground level are poor. People in the top parts are richer. So, and Mary King's Close also saw people like lawyers, merchants, doctors. So Mary King's Close was well regarded Mm -hmm. in the town. They also use, we're still on sanitation, so they also used fish oil lamps to see. So, so imagine the smell of that. <laughs> so it stunk again. There would be people, uh, tanners, making leather. And at the time, the merchants would use horse urine in the leather making process. So you had to smell that, but it also not the smell. It's also just like not great for your health to have that wafting in the right. air constantly. <laughs> None Again, of this is good for your health. No. <laughs> also, of course, the poor people and like lower middle class and stuff also were crammed in tiny housing. So if one person got stick, sick, you're more yeah. than likely going to get sick as well. So it's just a lot on top of a lot. <laughs> Talk of a lot. Good for you. Good for you for picking this era yeah. in this neighborhood. Because, <laughs> wow, this is some garbage. Yep. <laughs> yep. So that lock I was telling you that kind of surrounded part of the castle was called mm-hmm. Old Norse Lock. It was a man-made marsh that sat at the base of the castle. And before... 1460, it was just like a hollow, sunken-in part of land. Okay. Though King James III had the ground flooded 
as just a defense for the castle and the old town in general. This also made it difficult to house people and enlarge the city to keep up with the population. Marsh became severely polluted by sewage, waste, and other materials tossed down the hillside. Because again, it's just all flown in. Right. They never used it as drinking water. Uh, (laughs) I should hope not. (laughs) Yeah, no drinking water, but there were wells that sat by Norris Lock, so you really don't know. Yeah. You know. I will also get into Norris Lock later in this season because it has to do with some witch activity, but that's for another episode. Eventually, the lock was drained in the 1800s for construction on the North Bridge. And today, it's part of the area known as the Princess Street Gardens. So there's a photo I sent you of a fountain that the castle's in the background. That used to be the lock, but now there's like a really beautiful fountain gardens. Oh, okay. I got it. Yeah. Ooh, okay. It's like a really picturesque area. Yeah. Honestly... Like, I know it's absolutely filthy, but all these photos are kind of pretty. (laughs) Edinburgh now isn't filthy. It just was back in the day. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I'm looking at some of this brick. I could use a once over. Okay, so all of that brings us to the plague, of course. Oh, because where else would that lead? (laughs) Right? You know, all of Europe suffered the plague and Edinburgh did not escape it. 1644, the plague made its way to Edinburgh. The pneumonic and bubonic plague. And when the plague first hit, around 300 residents of Mary King's Close were sealed in the Close. Or I don't want to say the Close, but they were sealed in their housing specifically. Mm -hmm. And people who didn't have the plague or tested for the plague were able to, like, move out of the close if they so chose. Um, But a doctor named George Ray was left to care for Edinburgh and specifically a lot of the victims on Mary King's close. Right. And he would bring the victims food and ale every day. Now, plague doctor George Ray is kind of fascinating because... He was offered a hundred pounds a month for his position as the plague doctor, which was crazy for the time. That's over eighteen thousand pounds today. Oh shit. Which is two hundred and sixteen thousand pounds a year. Today. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, his life was basically you know, like if you get the plague, you get the plague. Right. Done. You would you die. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone, I, I think the government at the time was like, we'll offer him this crazy money, he'll take it, and he'll never survive to see Yeah, <laughs> we won't have to make good on it for very long. <laughs> exactly. Uh, to save his patients, he would cut off the boils, releasing the infected fluid. <coughs> yep. Just lob wow. them off. He would then clean the wound, then cauterize it shut. And again, this is the 1600s. I'm sure this shit was painful. So bad. Fuck. I could not imagine. Like, I can't even... I'm sitting through, like, 20 seconds of pimple popper, and I can't even... <laughs> like, like, I think, how are these people not dying, screaming in anguish right? every second of their, you know, procedure? 
And then, yeah, they're probably, like, leaving with huge welts on themselves from oh, yeah. the cauterization these, and all that. These people would love Dr. Pimple Popper. <laughs> They'd be like, oh, we're supposed to get rid of these, are we? <laughs> Sorry, that, that was not show, a good accent. But. That show would be Emmy nominated today. Or if it was back, <laughs> if it in, was the back in the day. Yeah. They'd oh, be wow. like, wow, first of all, what is this? A TV. Okay. And second, <laughs> can we get an award show started? And can this win it? Honestly, if you brought them to today and turned a TV on and it had Dr. Pimple Popper, I don't think they'd be shocked by the TV. I think they'd be like enthralled with the show to like not even <laughs> question what a TV is. <laughs> That's how good she is. That's how good the pimple popper can be. <laughs> um, of course, George Ray wore the classic black cloak, beaked mask with the herbs in the nose. And even though the robe and mask wouldn't keep him from catching the plague, it did prevent bugs from biting him. Mm. Which historians believe is the reason why he was able to survive the plague that's kind of interesting but what about fascinating like rats and all of that i thought that those were like the main uh culprits of like spreading and and all that it's kind of i think that's been debated recently a lot that rats Mm. have always been thought as the carriers of the plague but i think more recently they're thinking it's more like fleas oh okay Because we get yellow fever from mosquitoes and um, mm-hmm. a bunch of other diseases from insects. So I think they're thinking now it's more fleas that are that caused it. Wow. Okay. I love um, that. That and just like passing it from person to person. Right. Haunted Hometowns is an advocate for rat rights. If you're a rat, you're safe. This is a paid promotion for uh, Haunted Hometowns in advocacy for rat rights. Thank you for your support. <laughs> it means a lot. And to all the rats out there, <laughs> you know what that means. We stand with you. <laughs> we stand. He survived the plague, George Ray, spent 10 years after the plague had officially ended trying to get his money from the government. And the mm-hmm. government obviously would not pay up because they're like, sir, you should be dead. We're not paying <laughs> you that money. <laughs> Sir, you are you. Why are you not a corpse? Yeah. So he. It's said that he never received a penny, or I guess they didn't have pennies back then. But you know what I mean. He never received not any a money single for pound, his... not an ounce. <laughs> American humor. <laughs> okay. But, yeah, he didn't yeah, receive anything for his. Uh, life-threatening job like i can't believe uh but he is known as one of the most successful plague doctors in all of history and more people would have been infected without his sacrifice so Mm. this is for george ray (laughs) fighting for you before we take a break we're just gonna quickly talk about why the close is called mary king's close the close was originally called King's Close or Alexander King's Close, who was a prominent lawyer at the time, and he died in 1619. Mary King, who has no relation to Alexander King, 
Um, <laughs> Mary King was a fabric merchant who also sewed for a living. Her husband passed away in 1629, so Mary and her four children moved to King's Close around 1630. And she rented a house that had a cellar and a shop. So she had some kind of money from her husband. Like okay. there was no way her and four children would be able to live in a house with a cellar and then also have a merchant fabric shop. Yeah. If she didn't have some kind of money. Mm-hmm. Being a woman and owning your business at that time and taking care of four children alone was incredible. Yeah. She really was like a pioneer for women at that time, which is why she her name was used as the close instead of a lawyer. Uh, they were like, this woman's doing it. Oh, that's really sweet. Yeah, people in the community really looked up to her and, and uh, enjoyed her. So, I mean, we it. should be fighting for those same women other than ways that are just uh, naming something after them today because there are still women that are fighting to live their same similar life and struggling today but well yeah mary king's close was eventually closed up Mm. and by closed up i mean built on top of oh okay so i was really struggling to visualize how this was done yeah did they just demolish and build on top or no so they didn't demolish most of it actually they only lobbed off a couple of the stories on top of the housing closest to the royal mile okay they were like let's just let's freshen this up a little bit (laughs) i mean yeah the main reason was for sanitation issues that they just needed and there was like crime and there's just a lot going on in the plague and such like stuff like that so They just wanted to start anew Mm -hmm. and close that area up. And by doing that, I, you're right. They must have like torn down a couple of the houses that sat on the Royal mile. Yeah. And then because it goes down, Mary King's close goes down. Mm -hmm. They just built on top of the remaining houses that were near the bottom of the close. Oh, Okay. It was long forgotten about. Like, Mary King's Close was long forgotten about Mm -hmm. because it was sealed up until World War II when they used parts of the underground alleys as bomb shelters. Oh, wow. That's kind of fun. And from my understanding, Edinburgh never really saw too many uh, bombings. You know, like, London had more... Yeah. Of that than right. uh, farther north. But it was still like a precaution they took and used it a few times. And then it was again forgotten about. Yeah. That's that's kind of, or I said that was fun. That's like so dark to say. But like, it's like an interesting, like we just have like arenas and shit like that now. Right. But like that's such a, a interesting place to hide out. Oh, for sure. I don't, it's like, it's hard for me to decide if going underground is the best option in a city. Because it's like, yeah, you're pr- protected from the bomb, but I hope this tunnel stands Yeah, this doesn't collapse. I don't know if I want to be buried under rubble either, you know? 
though it is safer than being in your house above ground. Yeah. They used it for World War II. It was then forgotten about, and then it was rediscovered in the 90s, and they started using it uh, for tours. And so today you can take a tour of Mary King's Close. Oh, my gosh. Wait, so did... But what is it like haunted or whatever? Is it a ghost tour or something? Well, let's talk about it after this break. <gasps> no, 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 no! Yes, Mary King's Close is haunted, of course. Dun, dun, dun! Stinger. There are many ghosts that wander the close today. And remember, it's now enclosed. So without lamps and flashlights and the installed electricity, you wouldn't be able to see shit down there. Oh, my God. Oh, wait. So they, like, ran some electricity later? Yeah. So they ran some electricity down there. The first person we're going to talk about in the close was a man named Thomas Coltheart. He was a lawyer. And Thomas and his wife moved to Mary King's Close in 1685 with their maid. So Mm. they were wealthy, of course, lawyers. Almost immediately after moving in in 1685, the maid quit and never returned claiming the house was haunted that they lived in. Oh, wow. The couple claimed to see a man's head floating through the house, just ahead, causing Mrs. Colehart to faint. What? And later, the same head appeared with a severed arm floating and a child ghost with him. What the what? So this floating head, I'm assuming the whole body is there. However, we can't see the whole body because then right. later the arm's there. <laughs> and so I like, uh, I don't know how it all works. It's a Mr. Potato Head situation. Uh, you're very clearly not versed with the ghost, <laughs> but <laughs> it's yeah. very clearly a Mr. Potato Head. And he brought along a ghost child as well, which again, my listeners <laughs> know the most terrifying kind of ghost. Is a, is a child. A child. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is so creepy. I don't even know what I would do if, like... Quit. Just eating my little... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess I would quit. Quit and not return. They were also the same house, the same couple, also were visited by a ghost dog that would run through the living room constantly and then, like, curl up on a chair. What? Which the dog cute. had the zoomies? Kind of cute, though. Like, having a ghost dog, and you don't really have to take care of it, but you get the <laughs> the sensation of having a dog. Uh, yeah, I don't, I'm not looking to feel like something's running <laughs> by my feet, and then also taking up something on the couch, and also now I have to get a lint roller, <laughs> because that dog is sitting on my hoodies all the time. There was also a ghost cat that lived in the house. 
So all kind a menagerie of animals. Cute. Okay, so stay. not a dog but a cat. <laughs> well, the cat's not going to bother anything. Like dogs not bothering anyone. <laughs> <laughs> I want ghost animals though. It'd be cute. For Christmas this year, I'm I didn't want to tell you, but I'm going to get you some taxidermied animals. Oh my um, god. A family of bulldogs um and a bear and a cheetah actually. I really appreciate that. I don't know where they're going to go, but I can't <laughs> wait. <laughs> oh, they're suspended. It's an art installation. Mm. It's going to be suspended above your bed. In that don't case, you worry about it. I've got everything under control. In that case, I'm all in. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's that one house. We also have Andrew Chesney, who was a carpenter. He mm-hmm. built a room off his house with a toilet in the 1800s and named the room the Thunderbox. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he was he was so proud of what he created, he would leave the door open so passerbys could see his plumbing and to see that he had a toilet. Straight white men cannot be stopped. They, they, and I don't think they should, because it's fun for, it's funny. It's funny. And also, I would like to see it. (laughs) I would like to go there and see it. Imagine walking by and just seeing somebody's shit in a toilet. And (laughs) that's all it is. And he he was so proud of that. I mean, I get it. Because everyone else was like, shitting in buckets, so I get it. But like, (laughs) come on. I don't. He's like, this one's got a toilet. You guys ever seen one of those? <sighs> he lived in the close for a very long time and like basically was forced out by the government who was like, you cannot live here any longer. Oh my God. He left. I think I've read different uh, variations of this, but anywhere from like 1895 to 1902, he was forced out by the government, making him mm. the last person to live in Mary King's close. Wow. Which at least he got to do it in style with some fresh plumbing. I mean, at this point, the close was closed up, so I guess he was just like living underground. Yeah, that's fucked up. They were like, "Please get out of here." <laughs> it's no, we're scared to come down here anymore. Mary King is said to roam the close, wearing all black. There's a specific chimney. Where you can hear scratching coming from inside the chimney. Ooh. Visitors have looked up or reached into the chimney to see what was making the strange noise. First of all, I would never stick my hand in something like that. <laughs> into a chimney. If you can't see, you know all those like treasure hunting movies and stuff and they're like, ooh, what's in this hole? They just put mm-hmm. their hand in. No, I'm not trying to lose <laughs> my hand. Thank you. That's why. You wild. start with a long stick. Yes. You that start with short. something that you can valid you can you can validate losing later. Like it's fine. Right. It's okay. <laughs> I understand looking into it. I think I would as well. I'd be like, what's up there? But I would not be sticking anything <laughs> if I can't see what's going what's on up there? up there. But people who did stick their hands up or look in, they would receive scratches. And it's thought, from the raccoon. 
It's thought to be from a ghost child chimney sweep who died from getting stuck in the chimney. A ghost child chimney sweep. Yeah. No, I guess I guess that isn't a necessary job of the time. But does it have to be a child? Can you not just get a a more a smaller brush that does the thing that you need? You know what I mean? Why is there a child in the in your chimney? That that's an excellent question. And also that feels like very grudgy. Like that feels like um uh, like the ring or the grudge, you know, where there's yeah. like an old, like a, a long dead kid that's just like, yeah, like just gets ya. Next time you're at a house with a chimney, you should ask them, why do you have a child in your chimney? <laughs> why do you have a child in your chimney? And now why do I have to deal with a child scratching up the walls every <laughs> 30 seconds? Okay, so obviously footsteps are heard throughout the entire close. Some coming from alleys that have dead ends. It's very popular, oh very common to hear footsteps there. Tons of voices, including a singing young woman, whispers, people Ooh. telling people to get the fuck out. <laughs> Maybe not like that. They're just like, please leave. Get the fuck out of but... here. <laughs> but yeah, a lot of uh, strange noises as well. Probably the most famous is a young ghost girl named Annie. Oh. So in 1992, a Japanese medium named Aiko Gibo visited Mary King's Close for a movie she was making. A tour guide walked the medium through the close, telling her the history, when Aiko pulled back suddenly, refusing to enter a specific room. She said it was, quote, it was too strong, uh, so she couldn't go inside, and she was mm. having heavy feelings of dread. So... She decided to give the close another go a day or two later and made her way back to the room. This time, she decided to enter the room alone and she found a little girl crying in the corner. Oh. The little girl told Aiko that she was sad and couldn't find her family. She was also sad because she lost her favorite doll. Okay, and then she whipped her head around 500 degrees and then screamed at her to get out. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm like waiting for that. Not scary aggressive. Moment. She's just a sad little girl. Oh, okay. I was like, really? I don't know. I guess maybe I'm thinking about too many horror movies. Yeah, <laughs> she's just a sad little ghost girl. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Sorry, she's normal. She's nice. She's sweet. You'd like her. The medium realized she was the ghost that, like, tugged on her trousers the first time she visited the room. So when she first didn't go in, she felt something tug on her pants, and this was the little girl. So the medium left the room, left the clothes, and bought the little girl a doll. And so the doll has lived in this room in Mary King's clothes. So the nine-year-old ghost child that they named Annie had her doll back, or a doll, to comfort her. And ever since the original doll has lived in the room, visitors have brought other dolls and gifts to leave for Annie in the room. So when you visit, there's usually like a pound, like a stack of stuffed animals or dolls or whatever for Annie. That's sweet. And every year, they donate all of the stuffed animals and stuff to 
uh, the Sick Kids Friends Foundation. I feel like, um, <laughs> I, I think that's a really sweet thing. I just always think that as American, or like not as Americans, just, well, yeah, honestly, but like as people, we get, we'll like get a tradition or like a sweet moment stuck in our head and then everyone will come and do it. Yeah. Everybody that comes to visit will do the same thing and then it becomes like an environmental problem. <laughs> like the locks on the, the yeah. love locks on in that like uh, Paris or whatever. Yeah. Um, and there's another one where it's like that here, but I'm just like, I'm waiting for like the floor to collapse because there's too many <laughs> teddy bears in the in her in her little um shrine well i think that's why they donate them every year so they like collect them that's over sweet. a year and then they donate them to this foundation um and then it just all starts up again however the original doll always stays in the room yeah that's pretty that's that's that doll probably rakes yeah <laughs> Historians believe that Annie died probably from the plague, which is why she's looking for her family, because her family mm-hmm. was probably escorted out of the room because they didn't have the plague, and then she was oh in a long situation. Yeah. However, recently, the original doll was stolen. Wait, what the fuck? Who would do that? Isn't that sad? I'm... Who stole it? We don't know. They don't have cameras. It, no one's recovered it. It's horrible. They didn't put sad. a ring door. They didn't put a ring camera on the <laughs> ring door. Camera on the door. <laughs> it's so sad. But yeah, it's yeah. been and we haven't. It, this happened like a year or so ago, and it hasn't been found. So, well, I'm sure people are still like bringing dolls and all of that to like just satisfy the tradition. But yeah, that's so stupid. Who would take it? You. Dummy, why would you do that, you nasty little meanie? Meanie. So the close has been featured in many TV shows. Many. Many, including, but not limited to, Most Haunted, Haunted History, Cities of the Underworld, Discovery's Biggest Shows, Ghost Hunters International, Mystery Hunters, History International Lost World, (laughs) Billy Connolly World Tour of Scotland, etc. Holy hell. It's insane. Also, Billy Connolly's World Tour of Scotland just doesn't make any sense because it's not a world tour if you're only touring Scotland. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Wait. (laughs) Okay, well. It's dumb. Well. You know, choices. Words mean things. Within these TV shows, they've seen orbs of light, they've felt cold spots, rustling of clothes over a mic, more apparitions of unknown people, children's voices, tour guides and people who work in the close have all seen paranormal incidents. They set up a camera in the close to take photos of guests. So this is one specific incident. They, you know, kind of like roller coasters, there's a camera mm-hmm. that'll take your photo yeah when there's movement so they set this photo up and it was to give guests a photo to take home to remember the experience but late one night a worker was closing up and making sure all of the lights and tech were shut off for the night when the camera took a photo oh shit. Itself, which is terrifying yeah that is on. You're by yourself underground. It's dark. 
<laughs> and all of a sudden your camera goes off from a movement that's happening. What was the photo of? Did they did they find out? <laughs> when he went to check to look at the photo, there seemed to be someone in the distance at the end of the hallway. And the article said it was a heavier set person who has been seen in the same location several times by workers and guests. So it's like a common ghost. In Chesney's old house, investigators were told that the ghost was sick of seeing the visitors and to just, quote, get out. <laughs> like, they would ask the ghost questions, you know, and the ghost was like, I'm sick of seeing you. Get out. <laughs> I love, that's my favorite type of, like, um, ghost adventure whatever episode where they're just like, just get, go. Just go. <laughs> Like, they don't want to answer any questions. They don't want to talk about their lore, yeah. their legacy. Yeah. They're just like, get out. <laughs> it's my favorite kind of ghost. Absolutely. I guess there's a woman in a high-necked long dress, and uh, she possibly wears a choker. Ooh. People have also claimed to see Major Thomas Weir, who walked through the close on his way to his execution back in the day. And I will also be talking about him in a later episode because that is a whole other issue and situation. It's wild. But <laughs> okay. he's also seen walking through the close as a ghost. What the hell? And just for some like fun history, Mary Queen of Scots once lived in the close oh. of Mary King. I'm going to give you the fastest rundown of her situation and why she ended up in Mary King's clothes. Yeah, but yeah, I'm like, how did she, for what reason? <laughs> Mary Queen of Scots was made queen at six years old in 1548. Mm. There was religious turmoil, which had Mary, Mary, Scotland's allies, mm. a Frenchman. He died when Mary Queen of Scots was only 18 years old, only two years after they married. Right. She then married her half-cousin to solidify her direct royal line to the throne of England, putting Queen Elizabeth I, who was Mary's first cousin, uh, it put her line to the throne in danger, which is why Mary Queen I and Mary Queen of Scots are kind of like thought as rivals yeah. in history. Though, Mary Queen Scots did make Elizabeth the godmother of her son, James VI, which I think is, like, Interesting. technical. Like, sh- I don't want to call it shady, but it's, like, deliberate. Yeah. You know? It's, it's like a, it's not, uh, it's not direct enough to be really cocky. <laughs> Mary's second husband was murdered, making Mary one of the key suspects. Mary, Queen of Scots, was Catholic and living in Scotland, which was more, like, Protestant at the time. And she married, again, a divorced Protestant, which did not go over well with the nobles. Because mm. they're like, A, this is your third marriage. <laughs> B, he's divorced, which is not okay in our eyes. Yeah, And... uh Three, you're still under suspect for killing your second husband. They were sick of her. Yes. (laughs) There were heated negotiations between Mary and the nobles, which ended in Mary being double-crossed and taken captive. 
And that is when she was moved into Mary King's clothes and kept under house arrest for a year. Wow. I mean, she lived in like a luxury house at the time, of course. Yeah, sure. She spent a year imprisoned on house arrest on the clothes. Yeah. And then eventually she was moved to England uh, or not moved. She actually kind of like escaped and fled to England Mm -hmm. to like seek help from her cousin Elizabeth, who was skeptical, skeptical. And kept Mary in house arrest for 20 years, leading up to her infamous execution. Holy shit! Like, I'm obsessed with Mary King, Queen of Scots. Like, I've read this huge book about her. It's, like, fascinating. I love her. The drama of it all. And you said that's the, like, quick rundown. (laughs) Yeah. That's so crazy. That's the quick rundown. Her son, her her only son, James VI, ended up taking the throne after Elizabeth died. Mm -hmm. And he essentially united Scotland, England, and Ireland, and that's the end. Wow. Mary Queen Scots did live on Mary King's close for a year, which is kind of fun to think about. Mm -hmm. But today, you can visit the underground close. However, you will have to buy a ticket to check it out. It it now has handrails and light fixtures, so you don't fall and (laughs) join the ghosts of the close, essentially. But... Uh, if you want some good videos to watch, TikTok actually has some great videos of the clothes. Oh, wow. You can see what it kind of looks like. Like people touring it, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cute. Uh, Haunted Hometowns does have a TikTok, even if I haven't posted anything on it, but <laughs> I'll get there eventually. You should, yeah, you should talk <laughs> about the shit that you just dropped on me. Like, just do like one of the stories and then people will get into that. Yeah, I, I, it's it's a plan. <laughs> it's coming. Uh, also, bless the YouTube channel Clan Brunford for all his tours of Edinburgh. So that's who I've been watching just to get a feel of what the city looks like. And mm-hmm. um, his videos are great. But yeah, that is Mary King's Close. There are several ghosts down there. Annie, a ghost dog... The ghost Mary dog. King herself. And don't forget the ghost cat. <laughs> and the ghost cat. Yeah, there's like all kinds of people still roaming about underground. And um, close. thick Scottish Adele, who is just hanging around. Mm. The thick figure they were saying they saw. Yes. <laughs> yes. Her too. <laughs> but yeah, there's like tons of them. And obviously they don't all have names or, you know, a floating head. Nobody knows who the floating head is, but he's oh my there. gosh. And he's with a ghost child. Floating head is worst of all. I feel like I could handle all of them except floating head. Just imagine cooking in your kitchen and a floating head just passes by casually. It's like, (laughs) sir. (laughs) Sir, my eggs are right here. Right in front of my salad. This is a Wendy's. This is a Wendy's. But yeah, do you use... You've been hinting that you have some kind of paranormal experience now oh yeah it's been six episodes and you haven't had anything now (laughs) well it wasn't because i was holding out i just didn't have anything happen um and i also feel like it's perhaps okay so like i took a trip this summer um to like my hometown my haunted hometown eh um and i saw uh some like childhood stuff from dc uh, I was visiting a sick uh, 
family member. And while I was in her house, I was getting a lot of like ghost pets and stuff like that. Like we were just talking about. Yeah. Um, a lot of like ghost dogs and cats and stuff. I was visiting a family member, family member who's like uh, sick and probably not going to get well. Um, you know, so we were just kind of spending time, but it felt like her pets were also spending time. Like I would, um, right. like as soon as I walked in, like it just felt like there was like a lot of like, I don't know, like just like, like, you know, when, when there's animals in the house and you just like the like yeah. hurriedness, like of their footsteps and like the whooshing and all that stuff, like the swirling air around the feet, like the excitement and all of that. Like, that was present, mm-hmm. like, the entire time I was there. Um, and it felt yeah. like, even though the house was, like, kind of empty um, at this point, like, <laughs> it was just, like, a lot of action. And then I have yeah. a creepier one. Should I save it for next time, or? Yeah, this episode's going to be very long, <laughs> so, well. Yeah, it's okay. We'll save it for next time, because it's still happening. I'm still being permanently haunted. It's still happening. Yes. Ty. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> okay. You all will have to tune in next season. Next season. <laughs> Maybe I'll write so, in. Maybe I'll write in like a little fun thing. Oh, yeah. We could do that too. We could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. On the pod. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, but thank you, Ty, for joining me and everyone for listening to the season six premiere of Edinburgh, Scotland. Woo! I truly support or appreciate the support. And uh, thank you, Ty, for listening to another paranormal case. Oh my another gosh. place to visit. Thank you for having me. I actually do kind of want to visit this one. This one sounds like it would be fun. Even if I didn't see a ghost, it'd just be fun to see it. Yes. We'll take a Yeah, I think it'd be... Uh, cool just to check out for sure y'all can follow haunted hometowns on social media for the photos that ty and i have looked at while talking about this case and photos for every episode guest info like ties and upcoming news maybe tiktok videos maybe <laughs> patreon with other stories the people are waiting they're begging <laughs> Also, send me your paranormal experiences at hauntedhometownspodcast at gmail.com or DM the socials if you'd like to hear your story read on the podcast. Could be anything from an invisible foot tripping you on your way up some stairs to a gargoyle winking at you as you enter a castle. Let me know. (laughs) And Ty, where can they find you? And what you've been up to. Um, You can find me and whatever stages I'm performing on next on my Instagram at Queer Popstar. You can also, I also kind of update it pretty regularly on Twitter, also at Queer Popstar, or my website for boyslike.me. For boyslike.me. Mm-hmm. Yes. (laughs) And make sure you're subscribed to Haunted Hometown so you don't miss next week's case. Because everyone loves a ghost story. (laughs) The theme song is by Tyre. Follow him on Instagram and other socials at Queer Pop Star. 
The artwork is by Pepe Munoz. Follow him on Instagram at p.e.p.e.munoz, M-U-N-O-Z. I got my information from Real Mary King's Close, Ghost Club, Edinburgh News, The Scotsman, The Little House of Horrors, and Haunted Rooms. <laughs>